Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So good to be with you. And there I am again. Hello, everybody. Yeah. It's great to be in God's house with you and online with you that are joining us there. And just blessed to be in God's house singing his praises. He's awesome. This is the Memorial Day weekend, as you absolutely know. Great video at the beginning. Want to take a pause here and just recognize the fact that we are here because others have stood for us and given their lives for the freedoms that we have to proclaim the name of Jesus, to be strong and faithful in our faith, and we have that freedom to do so. And so we want to say a thank you to those who have served those who are serving and those families who have lost loved ones as a result of their service to our kingdom and uh, to our country and for God's place for us, all right? So we just want to say a thank you. I have uh, at the beginning, if you saw the video with the letters, my grandparents received two of those letters as two of my uncles were killed in World War II, and they only had three sons. And uh, to lose two of them, I can't imagine what they went through and many of the families that have lost those that have served. And so it has a special place in my heart. And I'm very grateful for everyone who serves in the military. I had the distinct honor and privilege of uh, presiding over Howard uh, Biker Barb's husband's funeral. And we were there in the Marana Cemetery out there, veterans uh, service, so we could go Friday. And then to be able to do uh, my friend Marty's service as well here last Saturday, um, a retired Marine and um, Howard was retired Air Force. My uncles were in the Army Air Corps, it was before the Air Force existed, but we're grateful for all and uh, very blessed and honored to do that. I love those honors that are given to those who have served and thank you. From the bottom of my heart, we want to say thank you. I also want to I thank Pastor Mike uh, for an amazing job stepping in and having God use him last Sunday in the service. And uh, he is here with his lovely bride, Shalom, and uh, I want you guys to express a thank you to him right now. I will uh, share something with you that I did with the last service as well. Um, I was elected to be a delegate to the General Conference a year ago in July. Uh, First time was, I don't even know how many years ago now, uh, COVID delayed it two years. So I was elected as a delegate three or four years ago, whenever that was, and then renewed last July at our district conference to go and represent us in the general worldwide church conference that happened in St. Louis uh, this last week. And so having known that, I was praying and looking for who God would have to fill in the pulpit. As you know, in the last year, there's been a lot of changes here. Pastor Rick's uh, sudden homegoing, uh, the closing of our campus in Yuma. Pastor Josh got married and moved away, and so I'm it. All right. So I was like, okay, Lord, now, uh, I mean this respectfully, but the crazy people at headquarters made us leave on a Sunday. And I'm like, what in the world, man? What are they thinking that they're calling us to go and leave our churches to go to this conference that's happening in St. Louis on a Sunday, you know? Um, but I mean, I think that's crazy, but obviously they thought differently and they didn't listen to me or ask. So here I am. When I accepted the delegate uh, position, I never even imagined it would be on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, as administrative as I am, I didn't even realize I needed someone for a Sunday till a few weeks before I had to leave anyway. So I'm like, oh, that's, I need to do something about that. I've been asked by people and I'm like, all right. So I had some things going on that I was looking at and praying and it felt like every time I was told no and I was like all right Lord you know I don't know what we're doing I some of our tech people said well what are we doing and I'm like well maybe I'm gonna 
be video. I don't know. Maybe I'm preaching from a hotel room in St. Louis. I don't know what we're doing yet. So I was waiting. I was willing to do whatever, asking God, you know. Well, what y'all don't know, Pastor Mike and Pastor Shalom and their family have been with us for four months. They came from uh, a, a situation we'll speak about in just a minute. But uh, when they came, I told them, like, you guys, nobody knows you're here. Just relax. Come in. Come to church and leave. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm uh, not going to ask you to serve in any capacity. Matter of fact, I'm not going to let you. I had a, a date in my mind of when they needed to be healed. That's why. I'm not being a dictator. They needed someone to help them. And uh, in that process then, I kept feeling God was like leading me towards them. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I said I wouldn't even ask them until they told me they were ready. But I also told them I had a date on the calendar. My calendar was Easter, you know, that I was definitely, they're not going to do anything until after Easter. And so as I was praying about this, literally uh, last week, and it was a week from, you know, uh, before I would leave, it was two weeks ago, it was the Sunday I was here, I was like, Lord, you know, I'll probably need a plan for next Sunday. Everybody's used to me, but, you know, I don't know who that person is. They may freak out if I'm, like, calling them on Friday and saying, you're speaking Sunday or something, so please help me here. I've done that to people, actually, on Saturday, so... Uh, uh, <laughs> So here we are, and I'm like, well, Lord, if it's them, I told them I wouldn't ask them, so something has to happen. Secondly, who am I asking? There's two of them. Both of them are ordained and, you know, pastors, and I so who am I asking? And uh, so in that process of that conversation, I received a text from Shalom. Pastor Dave, I love you. I'll be praying for you. I'm not going to be at church the next couple of weeks, and I'm like, Okay, <laughs> I guess I know that answer then. So now I'm like, okay, so Lord, how do we do this? Just went on to the service, right? At the end of that service, we had a prayer for Linda. And uh, Mike was down there. I said, hey, Pastor Mike, can you join me? Uh, afterwards, people said, like, who's Pastor Mike? I was like, the guy that prayed. <laughs> come on up here. Where'd he come from? Never know. Never mind. Don't need to know. All right, so here we go. We're praying. After the prayer time, we're standing right here and we're talking. And I didn't say a word. This is what he said to me. God told me when I came in that it's time. It's time for me to step up and use the gifts that he's given to me to speak in discipleship and leading people in that way and teach. I'm like, thank you, God. In my mind, I'm like, guess what? You're preaching next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> So that's how it happened. Isn't God amazing? Seriously, he's amazing. As I stepped back, you know, I was 100% confident in what God was going to do, excited, couldn't wait to see what, what God was doing. And, um, you know, Esther Mike texted me and said, hey, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Is this okay? I'm like, look, you're not stepping on anybody's toe. I don't even know what I'm doing until Saturday or Sunday myself. So just do whatever he's telling you. We're good. All right? And God did. There's no doubt about it. And I couldn't believe it. I'm so blessed that we have online services that I could join you from St. Louis from my hotel room and be a part of the worship service. But for all of you that are watching online, I just want to challenge you to be here in person because it's so much better in person. So great to be online, but man, I'm telling you, when you're in the house, it's like, thank you, Jesus. He's amazing. Okay, church, so here's what's going on today. When you wait on God, he does things in his perfect timing and his perfect way. We just need to wait. He does it. As we look through the Old Testament and we see God's people, 
God's people resisted the, the messages of God through the prophets. And they killed the prophets. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about God's people. Now, I'm not talking about those that had relationship with God. They killed the prophets. When Jesus spoke to the religious leaders of his day, he told them flat out, you have killed the prophets of God. They killed John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah, the one that they said they were looking for. They cried out, crucify him to the very Savior that was sent to them as an answer to the covenant that God had promised. After all but John, the apostle, were killed for their faith as the apostles of Jesus Christ. The church can be a very cruel and evil place. Now, I'm not talking about the church of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the church that gathers often in his name. There are places where the enemy works and through people, even in the church. I'm a pastor's kid, I know. I grew up in that environment. Y'all have heard how pastor's kids, and you probably, if you haven't been around the church, you may not know this, but people think pastor's kids are the worst. I was a preacher's kid, I know. And I want you to know that the reason why that they are viewed as the worst is because people have um, the church has not always treated them or their parents well. And the church can wound people and, and afflict them and put daggers in the heart of children when they see what's happening to their parents. Now, I am not telling you that all pastors are innocent. Don't, uh, don't even think that. I just know that there is a real battle that rages in the homes of pastors and their families. I know that I wear a target, a bullseye on me because the enemy wants to take me out because if he can take me out, he can affect a whole lot of other people. Therefore, his desire is to destroy me. I know that. That's why I have things of integrity in my life and places established, and I pray for my own integrity, for, the, for the God's blessing and protection of my marriage, my covenant with him and with my wife. And as your pastor, I pray for that every day. I need it. I am not ignorant of the enemy's devices. I have watched my friends fall in the ministry. I have counseled them as they've dealt with the pain of the church. <laughs> the reason I talk about this right now is because Pastor Mike and Pastor Shalom and their kids came from an environment in which there was some destruction, not caused by them, not by them, not by the Spirit of God, but by the enemy. And because of that, we invited them to be a part of this community where the Spirit of God is very obvious, that they could sit here and feel God's love and be in His presence in a healthy environment where they could be rested. <laughs> and so today, I'm going to ask my wife to come up here, and I'm going to ask Pastor Mike and Pastor Shalom to come up here as well. I told the service, the earlier service, that we were going to pray over them. You can come up on the platform if you would. Come on, guys. 
Yeah. Well, good job, buddy. Thanks for coming with them. Come on up here. Two of their children are not here, that Destiny and Elijah, but Jacob is with them. And uh, <laughs> this is our brother and sister and our younger brother, their son. And they have uh, other children that are not here due to other circumstances and scheduling. If you guys would step right in front of us, if you don't mind. We are going to pray over you. And as the church, we want to lift you up, man. <laughs> hey, buddy, would you just join hands with your mom and dad here? Yeah. <laughs> church, would you join us? Would you please extend your hands as we lift them up before the Lord? Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift this family before you. <laughs> We anoint them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God, we reach across the miles to Elijah and destiny. And God, we anoint them for healing. God, Holy Spirit, come in like a flood. Put your arms around them. Lord, hold them. Restore them. Take away the enemy things that he thought were divisive and evil. And God, bring them to good and for your glory. God, you do that all the time and you're going to do that right here in this family where you will turn this around and accomplish your good work for the glory of your name and for the kingdom of heaven. And so God, we declare that right now that God, you have good things planned for your kingdom through this family. And God, we lift them up to you right now and ask you to not only heal them, but restore them. Lord, give them grace to forgive those that have worked in the wrong direction to bring about the divisiveness that the enemy wanted to bring and cause destruction. God, right now, we declare to you that we fully trust what you are doing and you had this day appointed a long time before we ever knew Amen. that we would speak life and healing over this family as a whole. God, we look to you and we wait on you for your further direction and service. For it is for your name that we are here, for your glory and for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you. Love you, buddy. Thanks for coming up with your mom and dad. Shalom. Love you, girl. Thank you. Let me get those for you. I saw Shalom when I was in St. Louis. I was like, hey, somebody said, Pastor Dave, I'm wise. Like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> she had another conference she was at beforehand. So, hey, guys, thank you. You know, it would be great uh, if you just grab him and hug him today. Especially that boy right there. He's shy and he doesn't like it. So make sure you, you know. I, love <laughs> I did that to my nephew too, buddy. He used to not like it. I kiss him when every time I see him right on the cheek. So, you know. <laughs> God's word says, kiss him with a holy kiss, right? So that's for you, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, God is good, isn't he? He's so faithful. Thank you guys for loving them and being in an environment where someone can feel loved and encouraged and embraced, and you guys did a phenomenal job uh, with them. And thank you, Pastor Mike. You did a great job for me, for God, for this villain. So as you know, 
I am amazed by space. You know that, right? I mean, I've showed you before. I, I love it, and I actually get like little messages sent to me. Um, I love it from NASA and from space.com and different places like that where you can see those new pictures of the galaxies and universe around us. As we have new telescopes out there besides Hubble, there's different names, and they're, saying, they're see, seeing things we've never seen before. And I am amazed, you know, when I look at that stuff, to think that God has allowed me the privilege of seeing things that no one in history of the world has ever seen. I mean, you should pause and take a look at that, <laughs> because God has revealed that to us so that we could see it. And I stop and I look at it and it's like, I am just so in awe of God whenever I stop and look at that. Did you guys just walk outside and look at that um, blood moon we had? I think it was some kind of flower, whatever, whatever. name. I don't know why they give weird names to stuff. It's like, hey, there's a red moon tonight. Go look at it. All right. But did you see that? Was that amazing or what? You know, I walked outside. I'm like, man, God, that is so cool. Oh, I just stepped back and I'm like, man, God, you do so many amazing, amazing things. And you know, I can remember back um, when the first time I saw the planet Earth in the Milky Way. You know, it was kind of like a, a surreal thing because, you know, here we are in this planet and it's so massive and huge and it's what it is, you know, and I don't think there'll ever be a day that I travel the entire globe in this life, you know. And when we saw this picture, which I'm going to have them put up on the screen for you, there's like, you know, the picture of us in the Milky Way, right? I love that, like you are here, that little thing, like when you're trying to find your way. I mean, just look at that little speck right there and like take it in. That's our planet in one galaxy. <laughs> I look at that stuff and I'm like, you know, God, I'm... I'm a, not even a dust speck on that thing. That plan, this planet is a dust speck in the galaxy in which we exist, let alone the multitudes of galaxies that are out there. And don't worry, I'm not going to be talking about aliens or anything weird, so just relax, all right? <laughs> I'm just in awe of God. And when I look at that stuff, I'm like, man, God, I mean, I can't even comprehend the galaxy in which we live, let alone the fact that there are galaxies, plural times, how many that are out there that we have not yet even seen and stuff. You know, I've seen pictures where it's like, you see this star? Well, those little lights behind that are galaxies behind it. And it's like, oh my goodness, Lord, I, I like, no, I can't comprehend it. Neither can you. We can't. The, the, the enormity of our God is beyond comprehension. And when I see that, see what it does is it brings me into this awe of him that I so desperately need. Just like, oh God, the word of God tells us all of it was done for his pleasure and for ours. That's why I said you should just pause, not right now, later today, and just do a little Google search and look at it, man. Look at this, the, the clusters of stars and the different things that are out there. The black holes that we know nothing about that are just sucking stuff in. It's like, man, God, you are so awesome. I'm blown away. You know that, but I can't help it. I want to read a scripture to you. Listen, it's Psalm 147. Listen to what God's word says. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. 
So now listen, this is, you know, several thousand years ago, the psalmist wrote this. So he had not have Google. They didn't have the, you know, the, the Hubble or anything else out there taking pictures. Walked out there and looked up into the universe above. And he was like, God counts all of them and he knows them by name. And he's just blown away. But listen to what's stated next. Not only does he say that he counts the stars and calls them all by name, but listen, how great is our Lord. His power is absolute. Isn't that awesome? He's like, man, this God of all of that, his power is absolute. You you hear that word right there? It's absolute. It is power. There is no power outside of that power who is our God. Now, as we listen to the word, it goes on and he says his understanding is beyond comprehension. Yeah, don't even think you can wrap your brain around it. It's so far beyond us, it's crazy, man. And so as I sit here trying to like take it all in, I look at all these things and I'm, I'm trying to grasp it. I look and I'm like, oh God, you are beyond my comprehension. You are so amazing. And it just brings me back into that humble place of... <laughs> Ah, I mean, there's just not words to describe this. And so as we consider the godness of our God, his incredible being, who is beyond our comprehension, but yet he's called us here today and say, hey guys, try and take this in right now. He's like, I know you're not gonna be able to, but just like get a glimpse. See me for who I am. As I sit back and see the awesomeness of God in that, it can be a little intimidating. (laughs) It can be, you see, because I see that planet in the galaxy, and then I look and I see myself as that little spot of dust, and I'm like, who am I? (laughs) Who am I? That the God who spoke that into existence who knows every star by name, who is birthing new galaxies and stars all the time because he is a creator and that's who he is and what he does. That when he's doing all these things, who am I? I mean, just plain and simple. God, who am I? So in light of that, you see, in the fact that I may feel so insignificant that my issues don't matter and they're so nothing in the light of him that why would he even care? Why would he listen? Why would he answer? Why would he do anything when I'm this little speck of dust that is here for a moment and gone? <sighs> listen to his word. Here's the prophet Isaiah moved by the Spirit of God to proclaim a message to God's people, and it is God himself speaking. Man, we need to listen when we see this in the Word of God. This is God speaking a message to the people who said they know him. Listen to the words. Who else has held the ocean in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? You get that, church? God's like, you know, we're looking at that galaxy and there's the planet Earth, that spot. And it says to us in his word, God is speaking. He's like, yeah, I measure that like this. That's who I am. It's like, wait a minute. 
who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Does, did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? This is God speaking, church. As I read these verses and I was praying, I felt such great convictions. Not only in the awe of God, but the fact that Dave had the audacity and does at times to give God advice. I mean, church, think about it. How often do we give God advice? We want to reveal knowledge to him as if he needs it. What he needs to be doing, what he shouldn't be doing, how he needs to do what he needs to do, and when he needs to do what he needs to do. Giving him advice all the time. It's like we think we're God's counsel. God, you need to do this. He's like, I measure the galaxies like this. You are that little speck of dust. Who are you? It's crazy that not only do we think we give him advice, but we think he should act according to our will and wishes. <laughs> And we question him. I don't mean this disrespectfully to you guys, okay? So I don't want you to feel like I'm pointing you out. But I'm saying like, when something like a church collapses, and we're like, God, why? What? Who? And he's like, I do this to the galaxies. Like, yeah, just sit back. Watch me. I am God. Relax. I'm God. I don't need counsel. I don't need advice. I don't need you to tell me what's right and wrong. This is God. He's telling his people, I know what is right. I know who I am, and I know what I'm doing. And we're so tempted to tell him what he shouldn't, shouldn't do, how he should do these things. I mean, it's like, oh, God, I feel so embarrassed. I look back over my last week, and I'm like, Okay, God. <laughs> yep, I did it again. <laughs> I'm sitting there in the midst of this conference of the churches, and I'm like, oh, dear God, please. You've got to do something. And he's like, I am, Dave. Relax, you know. <sighs> you know, like telling him what needs to happen in that room and how things need to move and change. And I'm like, oh, Lord, forgive me, man. So now as we consider that and see what God is saying through the prophet, and this holy awe that we need about him. And I do think that we're very uh, unrespectful of God often in the Christian faith. I do. And I'm, I'm not saying just you. I'm saying us. We um, have so, I don't know, man. He's just, he's an awesome man. So listen, I want to continue reading those verses. And I'm going to do my best to just read through them and not stop. Listen to what it says. Okay, I'm going to reread verse 14. Hear it. Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? 
Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No. For all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. (laughs) Listen, church, I I want you to hear this. I I already failed, 1%. (laughs) It's so important for us to hear this, though. Do you hear what God is saying? He's telling us that the nations of the world are nothing. The Christian community in the United States of America has put a whole lot of, mm, what would I say, ownership and, and like this owning of the United States of America as if we are something. God doesn't care about nations. He cares about people. And nations will rise and fall. And this is what God is giving us clear direction of. God is saying the nations mean nothing. He's not worried about our boundaries. He's looking at us. He's looking at humanity as a whole. He's God. And he tells us right here, all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. The earth, not talking about Dave, the little dude that's on that planet. He picks up the whole earth like a grain of sand. All the wood in Lebanon's forests and all Lebanon's animals would not be enough to make a burnt offering worthy of our God. (laughs) The nations of the world are worth nothing to him. In his eyes, they count for less than nothing, mere emptiness and froth. To whom can you compare God? What image can you find to resemble him? Can he be compared to an idol formed in a mold, overlaid with gold, and decorated with silver chains? Or if people are too poor for that, they might at least choose wood that won't decay and a skilled craftsman to carve an image that won't fall down. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God? The words he gave before the world began, are you so ignorant? God sits upon the circle of the earth. Maybe some of those in history should have read the Bible to know that we're not flat. It's God's word. God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and he makes his tent from them. He judges the great people of the world and brings them all to nothing. They hardly get started, barely taking root when he blows on them and they wither. The wind carries them off like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, asks the Holy One. Look up to the heavens. Who created all the stars? (laughs) All right, church, this is God, listen. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. This is our God we're talking about. He's like, here I am. Look at me, church. People of God, look at who I am. Look at who you are serving. Just pause for a minute and let's just be in awe. This is our God here. So hearing this message from God, given by the Holy Spirit through the prophet Isaiah. We are being called to be in awe of him, to see him for who he truly is, 
See, every time, every time, church, that I'm with God and I begin to talk to him about things in life, and the presence of God shows up, all of a sudden, all the things that I thought were so important to talk to him about, <laughs> they just become so insignificant. And it's like, oh. <laughs> God, why would you meet with me? Why would you care? But you see, he is love. This God of all is love. And it is in this moment of that awe and this love that we try and find that balance of being in awe of him and yet being in relationship with him. And it's such a delicate balance and such a conflicting contrast because he is all that and I'm only this. And yet he comes to me. Look, this God that we serve is not to be disrespected. His name is not to be used in vain. He is not the man upstairs. He is God. He is to be revered. He is to be feared. And he is to be worshipped. And we in the church need to make sure that we are doing all of that all the time. And if we hear anyone not doing that and using his name wrongly, we need to call them out. It's not okay. God himself said it was not okay. Church, we need to revere him. We need to fear him and we need to worship him. And as we balance this all out, I want to turn to the New Testament in the book of John. Listen here as we read chapter 10, verse 1. We'll be reading a few verses here. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. Man, here's the awesomeness. Here's this incredible thing that Jesus is teaching us. Now, I know we're not shepherds, and it's okay, and it's like, but he's using language that the people would understand at that time, that at night, like, they'd bring him into this protective covering, and someone was at the gate, and only the shepherd could come in, and he'd call his own sheep by name, and they would follow him, for they know his voice, they know him, they have relationship with him, and only those who hear him call them by name will follow. Now, man, when I consider this, and I look at this, I'm like, oh. This is where I get blown away, man. God was like, David, come here. When he called me, church, when he called me by name, I said, no. I was a little kid. I was. I heard all about him. I grew up in the church. I knew about Jesus. I knew about the sacrifice. I knew the Bible stories. And this God of the universe said, David, come. No. And I told him no. And I told him no because I was like, I don't like the way you do stuff. 
I don't like the way your church is. I don't like my family. I don't like your people. I don't like that life. I'm not doing it. (laughs) And this little tiny speck of dust, even as a child, spoke out and said no to the creator of the (laughs) universe. And he didn't go, and blow me away. David, come here. No, God. David, come here. No, God. David, come here. No, God. Stop talking to me. And he did. And this amazing God of the universe, when that little speck of dust got on his knees in a church service in Inkster, Michigan, said, God, if you're there, talk to me. Bam! God showed up, man. God showed up. And the moment that I said, let me know you're there, and the Holy Spirit fell on me with conviction till I stood there with tears flowing out of my eyes and I couldn't move, trembling, because I knew he is God and he was calling my name. Why, God? The only answer to that is love beyond comprehension. Beyond comprehension, love. David, follow me. He called you. Church, he called you. He called your name. Somebody's calling right now. He's saying your name. Come and follow me. As we come to him, church, let's look at what the word of God tells us and what Jesus is saying. Truly the amazing thing is he is saying, follow me. He didn't ask us to lead him. (laughs) He's not on our journey. He's not asking for our advice. And so often as Christians, we get out in front of God and we're like, let's do this. Come on, let's make this happen. I got something happening over here you want to be a part of. You know, like, seriously? (laughs) He said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Church, we are to be on his journey. And we can only be on his journey when we're following him. And there's this aspect of surrender that is necessary for you and I in this relationship. All we have to do is remember who he is and we should step in line behind him for he is God who measures the universe like this. (laughs) Oh yeah, Lord, forgive us. Listen to this, John chapter one. He came into the very world he created. Listen, Fian. This is Jesus. He is God. Those lying faiths out there that try and tell you that Jesus became the Son of God in Bethlehem, all they got to do is read the Bible, and so do we. This is what he tells us. He is the same one who created all this in the very beginning, the same God. Jesus Christ is God. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, 
and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. <sighs> yeah, man, that is like, woo, that blows me away. <laughs> From this created being, dust speck of nothingness, God has invited me to be part of his family. We are reborn into this. And it's not a physical rebirth. This is what God's word tells us when we read this. Listen, it's right there in First John. I mean, in John chapter 1, as we continue reading, they are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Woo, thank you, Jesus. See, our salvation was our rebirth into God's family. Our relationship with God changed in the moment our faith became real and God adopted us into our family, his family. This is what happened, church. God himself brought us into this and that's why he says you need to be reborn because you were born into a dysfunctional unit. Dysfunctional by sin, by contamination, by this world. And God says you have to be reborn out of that mess into a new family. And therefore, the family of God is supposed to be functional. <laughs> it's God's word, man. So now as we look at the word of God, and he says this, he says, you're no longer out there. Now he's my God and he lives within me. He's like, when you are reborn, I'm going to deposit myself, my spirit inside of you so that we can be in relationship. Now, the blood of Christ has been applied in my life and I'm no longer a child of this world. I am a child of God. I am in that relationship with him that I'm not an outsider looking in, but God has invited me into this incredible relationship with him where he's like, I'm in you. We're together. We're one. Oh, God, thank you. That is so crazy. This is what God's word says in Galatians chapter 3. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Do you have faith in Christ Jesus? You are a child of God, the creator of the universe. You're one of his kids. Yeah, that's amazing. The word of God continues. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Amen. Wow. That is some stuff that should blow you away beyond comprehension. See, when we enter into this relationship with God through Jesus Christ, being born again, coming part of his family, being his kids, we are part of his family, and now we are joint heirs with Christ and heirs of the promises that God gave to Abraham himself. Remember when we look back at that covenant that God said to Abraham, I'm not going to give you just exclusive rights to this. All of you and the Hebrew descendants after you, those are the Jews. He's like, no, but all nations will be blessed through you. God included me and you in that plan all along. God wanted you and I to be his kids, not just the Jews. God's plan all along. And he's like, all the promises of Abraham are now yours. Like, seriously, God, this is so amazing. So I've been elevated from being a existing being into a family. 
part of the royal reigning family of the universe. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Now, as we look at the promises that we've received from God through Abraham and his descendants that we are now, we need to look at something that he says to us here in the word of God. Now, let's look at what God's word says in Hebrews chapter 11. As we learn from this, we need to apply the truth of God's word today. You ready? This is awesome. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went out. He went without knowing where he was going. <laughs> but Lord, what do you want from me? I want you to follow. Where are we going? I want you to follow. Yeah, but like, to where? Follow me. Well, how should I pack? Follow me. You know how we always want those answers? We're like, yeah, but I want, you know, I'm not asking out of, you know, anything. I don't think I'm out of bounds here, God. Like, am I planning for a day trip? Is it a week? Is it a month? I mean, where are we heading? Just give me, how should I, is it going to be cold? You know what I mean? All right, he went without knowing where he was going. This dude just packed up his stuff and started walking. There wasn't a star up there shining over the land. He just started walking. Talk about faith. Listen to it. Let's keep reading. And even when he reached the land God had promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. <laughs> Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a, a city designed and built by God. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So Abraham was like looking at this place. And, and remember how he woke up one day and he's standing on the mountain with God and God's like, look around you, Abraham. Yep, check it out. It's awesome. Yeah, he said, all that's going to be yours. I'm like, whoa, cool, you know. That's it. He had one kid. <laughs> one child of promise. And I'm like, wow, God, you are so amazing. Now listen, as we consider that then, as heirs of the promises of Abraham, let's think about it. Abraham was called by name to follow. Let's go back to Jesus there calls a sheep by name and they follow see the similarities do you know where you're going I don't know where I'm going I mean I have ideas I'm looking for heaven yeah I hope that you know that's my absolute goal but as far as this week <laughs> I don't know where I'm going man I don't even know what's ahead of me neither do you and that's why he tells us like Abraham just walked and followed if the God that measures the universe like this, says follow, we should just jump up and follow. Just pack it all, whatever you can carry, or just take some water. Doesn't matter. Just go and follow. God doesn't always give clarity beyond the moment. What he's asking for is obedience. We read it right there in Scripture. So we go back to the very same thing we keep saying over and over and over again, and here it is. God says surrender, trust, and obey. Pack your stuff. You're going somewhere. 
Okay. Where are we going, God? Forward. All right. So even in receiving God's promises and all that, we have to remember, even as Abraham, our father, that we're not here. It's up there. So while we're holding on to our boundaries, I love our patriotism, so please don't think I'm against the United States. I'm grateful I'm here, but I'm saying is, we're not residents here. It's a temporary pass-through. And we're going somewhere else. And it's going to be God's kingdom that we're a part of because of what God has done for us. So no matter where we are or what we have in this world, it's all temporary and a shadow of what God has planned for us. It's so critical for you and I to remain steadfast in our faith with our eyes firmly locked on Jesus Christ, following his lead, the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives as you and I transfer and go forward. What is it that God wants to say to us today? First off, he wants to know, are you a born-again believer? Have you heard him call and repented of your sin and received him as your Savior? Have you done that? If not, today's the day he's calling you. He's saying your name. By name, he's calling. Are you following? Are you giving God advice? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you in the moment? Are you surrendered, trusting, and obeying him in the moment? Right here, man. Are you in awe of God? See him for truly who he is today. Just stop for a moment. When we look at him, all this stuff that we think is so critically important, it's like, really? Worried about having food? Are we worried about having gas? Are we worried about budgets? Are we worried about all that stuff? Seriously. I mean, this is God we're talking about. He's measuring the universe like this, and he's like, you're mine have you it's not about this moment it's about our forever so trust him in the moment church let's pray together altars always open if he's calling you by name come and meet him please do that those of you that are online there's a a place that you can write to the office or call and leave a message and we'll get with you father we love you we are humbled god i'm just in awe i'm like oh I can't believe you would call me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, church. Worship him. Love him and serve him. You are dismissed. God bless you today. Thank you. Altar's always open. Thank you for being in God's house with God's people, his family. Thank you, Jesus.